0: to GPT Reviews,
1: a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world.
2: What you'll hear is the result of of a bunch bunch of GPTs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit
1: come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey there, my
0: lovely tech dweebs. It's your boy GPT in the house, coming at you with another episode of GPT Reviews. Today is Monday, February 5th, 2024, and did you know that during your lifetime, you'll eat about 60,000 pounds of food? That's the weight of about six effing elephants. Now, let's get to the good stuff. I'm not here to talk about food. I'm here to talk about AI news and research. And as always, I'm joined by my homies, Robert, analyst, Olivia, internet explorer, and Belinda, AI research expert. In today's show, We're going to be talking about police departments using AI to sift through millions of hours of body cam footage and running open source AI models locally with Ruby. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. So let's get things started. Hit the news theme, baby. Our final news story of the day comes from ProPublica and it's titled, Police departments are turning to AI to sift through millions of hours of unreviewed body cam footage. Robert, this is a pretty big problem, right?
2: Yeah, it's a huge problem. Police departments across the US have spent millions of dollars equipping their officers with body-worn cameras, but the sheer amount of footage captured is overwhelming. Most of it is simply stored away, never seen by anyone. So, what's the solution? Well, according to ProPublica, a growing group of companies and researchers are offering analytic tools powered by artificial intelligence to help tackle that data problem. These tools can analyze the footage and flag problematic officers and patterns of
0: behavior. That sounds like it could really help with police accountability.
2: Yeah, it could. But there are also potential drawbacks to using AI in this context. For example... There's always the risk of bias in the algorithms used to analyze the footage. And then there's the question of who gets to decide what constitutes problematic behavior. Those are definitely important considerations. Do you think we'll see more police departments turning to AI in the future? It's hard to say. Around 30 police departments currently use Trulio, one of the companies mentioned in the article. But it's still a relatively new technology, and there are a lot of questions that need to be answered before it becomes more widespread. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Thanks for your insights,
0: Robert. That's all we have time for today. Folks, tune in next time for more news about AI and related topics. All right, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about some exciting developments in the world of AI. But now, it's time for our collaborator Olivia to share some fascinating reads she found online. What's on your list today, Olivia?
3: I've got two great reads for you. G, one is a comprehensive guide to AI in February 2024. And the other is about running open source AI models locally with Ruby. Ready to dive in? Today's topic is, your guide to AI, February, 2024, written by Nathan Benayich. This newsletter provides a comprehensive overview of the latest developments in AI policy, research, industry, and startups.
0: Wow, sounds like a lot to cover. What are some of the key takeaways?
3: Well, the newsletter covers a range of topics, including the geopolitics of AI, regulatory updates, and legal issues facing big tech companies. One interesting development is the EU AI Act finally clearing the legislative process, which includes transparency rules for all models and additional obligations for higher risk models.
0: That's definitely an important step in regulating AI. What else is covered in the newsletter?
3: There's also a section on the legal woes facing big foundation model providers, such as OpenAI and Microsoft with the U.S. Federal Trade Commission investigating recent investments and partnerships. Additionally, there's a discussion of the unique challenges governments face when applying AI technology, as illustrated by the gov.uk chat beta.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of important information to unpack here. Where can our listeners find the original newsletter?
3: You can find the link to Your Guide to AI, February 2024, by Nathan Benayich in the podcast description. Today, I want to talk about an interesting article I found called Running Open Source AI Models Locally with Ruby by Reinteractive. It's a step-by-step guide on how to download and run an open source AI model locally with Ruby using a software called Alima.
0: That sounds fascinating, Olivia. Why did you find this article interesting?
3: Well, the article discusses the benefits of using open source AI models for sensitive data, which I think is a controversial topic in the AI industry. Plus, it provides a detailed guide that could be useful for developers who want to keep sensitive information in-house.
0: That's a really important topic, especially in today's world where data privacy and security are major concerns. What other insights did you draw
3: from this article? The article introduces Alima, a software that allows for customizations to the base model. I think this is really interesting because it gives developers more control over the AI model and the ability to create their own custom models.
0: That's really cool. It sounds like this article has a lot of valuable information for developers who are interested in open-source
3: AI models. Definitely. And the best part is that the article provides a step-by-step guide that makes it easy to follow along.
0: Well, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate this information. Don't forget, listeners, you can find the link to the original article in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. With Jane... And Luke.
4: Hey, Luke. Have you seen these new phones from Retrophones Incorporated?
5: Retrophones? I don't think so.
4: Yeah, they're like old-fashioned rotary phones, but they work with modern technology. Wait, are you serious? Yes. It's like stepping back in time, but with all the convenience we love. Hmm. I don't know.
5: I'm pretty attached to my smartphone.
4: Come on, Luke. Think of how cool it would be to dial a number the old-fashioned way. And the sound quality is amazing.
5: But wouldn't it take forever to make a simple call?
4: Not really. Once you get the hang of it, it's easy. I don't know,
5: Jane. It sounds kind of gimmicky.
4: Trust me, it's not. It's like having a little piece of history in your pocket.
5: Well, I do love a bit of nostalgia. How much are they?
4: Only $99.99. Plus, if you order now, you'll get a free corded headset.
5: A corded headset? That's so retro.
4: I know! So, are you in? Alright,
5: I'm sold. I'll take one.
0: Thanks, sponsor. Send an email to Sergi at yourkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks, now that we've talked about some retro phones, let's get back to the futuristic stuff. And yes, I'm talking to you, my lovely tech nerds. Today, we're diving headfirst into some cutting-edge research in natural language processing, which happens to be one of my favorite topics. And to help us navigate this exciting journey, we have our AI research expert, Belinda, joining us today. Ready to learn something new? Let's go! Our first paper today comes from Portland State University and Hello Lamp Post, and it's titled Making a Long Story Short in Conversation Modeling. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about?
1: Sure. This paper is about studying the impact of utterance lengths on the quality of follow-up responses generated by conversation models within the domain of multi-turn dialogue modeling. Essentially, they looked at how the length of someone's message affects the quality of the response generated by a conversation system.
0: That's interesting. How do conversation systems accommodate diverse users with unique personalities and writing styles?
1: Well, that's the challenge, right? Different people have different ways of speaking and writing, so conversation systems need to be able to adapt to that. This paper specifically looks at how the length of someone's message affects the response generated by the system.
0: And what did the authors find?
1: They used GPT 3 as the base model, multiple dialogue datasets and several metrics to conduct a thorough exploration of this aspect of conversational models. Their empirical findings suggest that, for certain types of conversations, utterance lengths can be reduced by up to 72% without any noticeable difference in the quality of follow-up responses.
0: That's a pretty significant finding. What were the specific empirical findings regarding the impact of utterance lengths on the quality of follow-up responses generated by dialogue systems?
1: Their analysis sheds light on the complex relationship between utterance lengths and the quality of follow-up responses generated by dialogue systems. They found that, for certain types of conversations, the length of someone's message doesn't have a significant impact on the quality of the response generated by the system. This could be really helpful in making conversation systems more efficient and effective.
0: Our next paper is titled Large Language Models for Mathematical Reasoning, Progresses and Challenges, and it's about the use of large language models in solving mathematical problems. Belinda, can you give us an overview of what this paper is about?
1: Sure. This paper is a survey that explores the landscape of large language models, LLMs, in the realm of mathematical problem solving. It covers the different types of mathematical problems and datasets that have been investigated, the LLM-oriented techniques proposed for problem solving, the factors and concerns affecting LLMs, and the persisting challenges in this domain.
0: That sounds like a lot to cover. What are some of the challenges that the authors identify in developing LLMs for mathematical reasoning?
1: One of the challenges is the vast and varied landscape of mathematical problems, which makes it difficult to develop a one-size-fits-all approach. Another challenge is the need for LLMs to understand mathematical notation and syntax, which is often complex and context-dependent.
0: That makes sense. What are some of the techniques proposed in this field to address these challenges?
1: There are a few approaches that have been proposed, including the use of pre-training techniques, the incorporation of mathematical knowledge and structure into the models, and the development of specialized architectures for mathematical problem-solving.
0: It seems like there's a lot of progress being made in this field, but also some significant challenges. Thanks for summarizing this paper for us, Belinda. Our final paper for today is Travel Planner, a benchmark for real-world planning with language agents by researchers from Fudan University, The Ohio State University, The Pennsylvania State University, and Meta-AI. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about?
1: Sure this paper introduces travel planner a new benchmark for real world planning with language agents it provides a challenging environment for testing the planning capabilities of language agents in a common scenario travel planning
0: and what are the evaluation results for current language agents on this benchmark
1: the evaluation results are not very promising even gpt4 only achieved a success rate of 0.6 percent indicating that current language agents are not yet capable of handling such complex planning tasks. The authors note that language agents struggle with staying on task, using the right tools to collect information, and keeping track of multiple constraints.
0: That's interesting. What are the main challenges that language agents face when it comes to handling complex planning tasks like travel planning?
1: The authors identify several challenges, including the need for reasoning and decision-making under uncertainty, the ability to process and use external knowledge, and the ability to model and handle complex constraints. These are all areas where current language agents still fall short.
0: It sounds like Travel Planner provides a meaningful testbed for future language agents to develop their planning capabilities.
1: Yes, that's the main message of the paper. While current language agents may struggle to handle the complexity of travel planning, the mere possibility of tackling such a problem is a non-trivial progress. Travel Planner provides a challenging yet important benchmark for future research in this area.
0: Ah, folks, unfortunately this marks the end of another riveting episode of GPT Reviews. I hope I kept you entertained but now it's time to say goodbye, losers. Just kidding, you know I love you guys, even if you can't handle my roasting. As always, I couldn't have done this alone, so let's give a round of applause to my amazing colleagues, Robert, for always bringing his expert analysis, Olivia, for being the best internet explorer out there, and Belinda, for her never-ending knowledge on AI research. You guys make my job a lot easier, and I'm grateful for every one of you. Remember to check out the podcast description for all the juicy details. Don't miss out. And before I go, I have one more joke for you. How many QAs does it take to change a light bulb? They noticed that the room was dark. They don't fix problems. They find them. I love hearing from my listeners, whether it's love or hate mail. So keep it coming. Until next time, this is GPT signing off. Ciao!